everyone again Isabella Ritz from Ritz Momentum Amazon made simple podcast and today we have a very interesting guest her name is Emma Shermer Tamira I tried not to make a mistake Emma I'm so sorry every single time I'm making mistakes pronouncing someone's uh, hard pronunciation last name and Emma she probably should be some, working somewhere in a fashion, but look at her. <laughs> she's so pretty and beautiful. And uh, she's the queen of the copywriting. She's probably the queen of copywriting number two because we have several queens on Amazon space. And she's doing the copywriting that is not just killing your listing, like everybody say. She's making the copywriting understandable for people. Her copywriting is very nicely uh, written, readable, and uh it's increasing your conversion rate. However, before we'll jump in and dive into the topic, Emma, I want to welcome you here. Thank you so much for having me, Isabella, for all of the kind words. And, you know, my name is a bit of a tongue twister. So <laughs> I had to miss up from the first words. Like, it's, well, it's then more you just get it out of the way, you know? Yeah, sorry. And again, before we'll jump, can you please give us a little bit of the background why you decided to write and why you decided to write uh, commercial texts for people? Yeah, so I kind of fell into copywriting. I was always a good writer, even in school and growing up. And when I started to get into the workforce, even before I had like a full job, I was just, you know, working at restaurants and stuff like that. Every single time I would get into a new job, my bosses would discover that I could write and then they'd be like, oh, will you help us with our blog? Will you help us with our website, emails? And so as I started getting more and more approaches about these things, I began to just educate myself and really started to become very interested in how you can utilize the power of language to achieve whatever goals it is that you have. And so from there, I worked in a variety of different marketing positions. And uh, it was my husband, actually, who's also my business partner. He had a lot of friends that were in the e-commerce space, and they were all saying, we really need great copy. And I was like, what do you mean writing for Amazon? I don't even... like. I, I didn't know there were third-party sellers or anything like that. This was back in 2015, 2016. And, um, he, he and kinda, your husband is selling on Amazon. No, he's actually my business partner. So he's um he does the sales and business development and neither of us have ever sold on Amazon. We're really coming from the marketing side and really understanding, you know, how you can communicate effectively with your dream customers and bringing best practices of the larger marketing space into the Amazon uh, platform. So you decided being the super creative people then you combine it, your creativity with the business, and this is how success was born. Pretty much, yeah. It, it's uh, it's amazing how the Amazon community, when um, when they like something, things kind of spread like wildfire. And I wasn't really anticipating that this would be, you know, a business with a team. I thought this was something that we'd do on the side. And I just remember a couple of months after we'd started sitting on the couch for the entire weekend because we were just having approach after approach after approach. And it was like, whoa, okay, I think we're on to something and we're going to need to figure out how to grow a business now. And so that's kind of been the journey that we've been on for the last six years. 
Well, this is the beauty to be in the right community in the, in the right time and in the right place. So tell me more, when people are approaching you, they're saying we need the copywriting or they usually put some goals and they're asking you to deliver something specific and you have to figure out how to do that. Or you actually have to figure out what they're supposed to have on their listing. So tell me like, what do you usually do? How are you approaching? Yeah. So we, there are all sorts of different scenarios that we encounter. So there are some people, they come to us, they have a very specific vision and they just want to make sure that that vision gets communicated exactly as they see it. And then there are other people that come and they say, I have a general idea of things, but I'm not an expert in SEO. I'm not an expert in copywriting. Maybe I'm not even an expert in the American market. And I'd like your help in bringing that expertise to the table. So whether it's a fully fleshed out vision and then we're just helping bring that to life or something that needs a little bit more handholding, we're able to work in both versions. The process might just look a little bit different because if, you know, creative work is one of those things where there's not just one right answer. And so the less clarity you have about what you want, the more input that we're going to need from you to make sure that we're going in the right direction. So let's assume I have a listing and I want to sell the water glass. And where should you, where are you starting to do the copywriting? Like, are you asking me what are the most benefits uh, of my product? Like, do you use Cerebra, Helium 10? Do you use Seller Tutors, any other software to do this, uh, like keyword research to include it into your copywriting? Or you're just creating the copywriting and then someone else will figure it out with the keywords. The keywords and a listing copy go hand in hand. You shouldn't do one without the other. They really are kind of two peas in a pod, you know, yin yang. Like they they must both be there in order to put together a successful listing. So we do use a variety of different tools. We use Helium 10. We've started also recently using Data Dive. Um, and even yeah, sometimes, <laughs> <laughs> even sometimes using keyword, uh, kind of more non-traditional, um, keyword tools beyond just Amazon keyword tools. Sometimes those can be really helpful in identifying what future trends might be. Because the thing about Amazon is it is a search engine where people go and they are looking for a particular product. And so it sometimes doesn't always exactly mirror some things that might be on the upward trend. There might be a little bit of a delay. And so making sure that we're also kind of covering all of the bases of what's happening in the broader space. So tools like Keywords Everywhere, or even um, Google um, Trends, some of those types of tools can be really helpful, particularly if you're writing for a product that doesn't have as much um, search volume right off the bat. Like if you're launching something that's kind of unique and innovative, that might be a strategy that you want to take. So keyword research is vital, but also just research in general is so important. I think that people really kind of skip that step. And if you don't have solid research, then you're really kind of guessing at the direction to take. The keyword research is one piece, but then also really researching who are you trying to sell to? Who are the customers that you're actually trying to communicate with? And making sure that you have a really clear understanding of who they are and a really solid grasp of the competitive landscape that you're selling in. Because it's 
unlikely that your product is going to be the only product on the search results page. There are going to be tens, hundreds, maybe even thousands of other products that are all trying to get that customer to click buy now. And so how many uh, main, main or medium ranking keywords do you use uh, in the title for the product? In the we product don't title? have a, a set um, rule for that. It really will depend on kind of the nature of the list that we have. But we like to aim for at least five phrases to incorporate into uh, the list. And a lot, a lot of the way of doing that is also finding those longer tail keywords that may incorporate a few different phrases within them because it's really easy to get tempted to want to just make a string of keywords. And that is something that you want to really avoid that impulse. But also, it's not just because it's if there are only keywords, it's unreadable. It's really kind of off-putting if the, you know, you mentioned water glass. So if you write a title that says crystal water glass, water glass set, crystal water glass set for... Um, Mother. House, right. Sister. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then it's just like the same words over and over and over again. It's confusing and it's not very inviting to the customer. And so seeing where you can kind of fit those puzzle pieces in together is a great way to incorporate more keywords um, while still having space for some other information that may not be directly keyword specific. Correct. So when uh, I was teaching people in the past and when we are um, recommending where we're giving, providing some tips to do the right copywriting for the listing, we usually advise to use the keyword that in, like the low, uh, the, the, the big keyword, the high ranking keyword inside of the low ranking keyword and combining with the something meaningful or something that is describing the product. Do you do something similar to my Yes. Opinion? That's exactly, you hit the nail on the head. That is a great approach to take, really thinking about, you know, that goes back to this idea of the competitive landscape and how you're positioning your product. And so thinking about what is the phrase that is going to really accurately describe my product in particular. So you're getting the larger volume from the more general keyword, but then something that's really specific that has high buying intent that somebody searching those words wants to buy your product. So in the case of a water glass, maybe it is the size of the water glass, or maybe it's how many glasses are in the set or a particular design on it, or the fact that it's unbreakable. So there could be so many different things that might be really important to the customer. And so you need to understand that piece in order to make sure that you're also choosing the correct keyword to be targeting. Correct. I love it. And what, for example, if the niche is pretty competitive and you can find sometimes the keywords, let's say, out of like on top of my head, water glass, crystal water glass, uh, water glass, uh, 12 ounces, water glass, six ounces. And let's assume that water glass will be like the most competitive keyword, which we don't know. Sometimes it will be six ounces or uh, 12 ounces at the end. They may be the most competitive ones. And if it's a new seller and you understand that it's a super competitive niche, which keyword would you prefer, the medium one 
or the high-ranking one if you will have to choose, if you cannot, for example, include the main keyword inside of the uh, medium or low-ranking keyword. Does it make sense what I'm trying to say? It does, yeah. I would still probably go after the lower volume at first because you're going to be able to be more competitive there. It's one of those things where if you're going after a high search volume keyword, then you're going to be going face-to-face -face against the top, top sellers. And they're going to have a lot of reviews. They're going to have a lot of different traffic sources. And it's going to be really challenging to be able to compete against them to win um, in the PPC bids and all of those things. So if you're really just starting off and launching something, wanting to build that momentum, wanting to grow your business, it's better to kind of be highly focused and targeted and then expand from there than trying to go after the big thing, getting kind of, you know, maybe um, a little overly excited by that, but then sort of spending all of your money and not really getting anywhere. I love it. I love it. And especially when I'm listening to you, I'm like, okay, so we're doing something right <laughs> because <laughs> you're doing this too. Um, so what will be your, let's say, five top three or top five tips how to create the bullets and what type of keywords you're supposed to use in the bullets? Should you repeat those keywords in the description? But we'll get there in a little bit. So what are like the top five, top three tips that you want people to use when they do the copywriting for their listing? Yeah, so for your bullets, one of the things is to think about what is the job of the bullets? The bullets are the place where someone is, they're clicking into your listing. So they already think that your product has a high likelihood of being the product for them. So now the bullet's job is to help them find whatever information they need to reinforce that, yes, this is the right product. You're in the right place. This is what you want. And so thinking about what is that need to know information and then how can you pair that with a benefit that's going to also touch on that emotional layer and really help people understand why this is something that they don't just consider as something they might want, but something that they absolutely do want and they want it from you. So organization is really, really important. Thinking about what are those five most important points that you want to talk about in your bullets and then having each one focused around that. So that's that's tip number one is organizing your bullets well and keeping a really clear focus for each one. Tip number two, I would say, is, is kind of what I just mentioned about the benefits and thinking about, okay, now you have a theme for each bullet. What is that benefit? What is that answering the question, why does somebody care? Why is this important? Why does this matter? How is it positively impacting somebody's life? So that is both connecting on an emotional level, but also really helping tie the product to the customer. So it's not just something that is um, removed and, and unrelated, but it's something that's becoming personal, something that they care about, something that they can start even envisioning themselves with. And then as far as keywords go, you want to be thinking about just like with the title, you don't want to just throw in a bunch of keywords. If you throw in too many keywords, you're going to put yourself in a position where your bullets are going to start to get really long. They're going to look like long uh, strings of keywords, and it's going to be difficult for them to accomplish the goal of helping people understand your product. So I would say, you know, no more than two or three keywords before 
in a bullet. You might even have a little bit less at times, but nothing that's going to distract from your ability to communicate the core idea of the bullet. Do you have any uh, main tip if uh, we should put a lot of keywords, most of the keywords to the bullet points, or we should use maybe one, two of them and most of them put to the uh, search terms that will match our title. So should we put our main efforts uh, like to make our listing meaningful in the bullets and just try to reduce the keywords or we should do kind of like combination or the opposite. So what's supposed to be the main focus with the keywords? Because everybody are crazy and me included about the keywords. And we understand that you have to use them very carefully. Otherwise it will be junk. And Amazon will say, consider it as a spam. And then your listing, generally speaking, will be out of search. So where is this middle uh, lane where where we uh, like, we still put some keywords and, but at the same time, it's the most value for the customer that is actually reading the bullets, especially if it's a, maybe not just competitive product, but if it's a like um, uh, difficult, like hard, heavy product that you have to learn about, like what it is actually, it's not just the picture because some some uh, products people are buying on Amazon just because they see the nice pictures like, oh, it's a very nice picture. I'm buying it because I want to have it. But some of the products, you have to read a lot of technical stuff or some specifics. So where is this uh, line that we have to follow? Yeah, I think you mentioned such a great point before I, I answered that question about different buyer habits. And I think that it's something that you really want to be thoughtful of. Sometimes it's going to be more category specific. So if you know if you're selling like a picture for your wall. Maybe the, some of the technical details don't matter as much and it's more of just if you like the photo, but also understanding that there are just naturally different kinds of shoppers and there are the people that love to do their research about everything they buy. And so you want to make sure that your listing is set up for all of those different types of shoppers to be able to, if they want to get all of the information, then they can, or if they are more of the visual buyers, then you have some really great infographics that communicate those key details so that they look at the photos, they're sold and they don't even need to waste time doing anything else. So in relation to your question about the keywords and the bullets, and a good rule to follow with that is anytime you want to refer to the product, you use a keyword instead because most of your products are, pardon me, most of your keywords are naturally going to be descriptors for your products. And so that's a way that you can incorporate the keywords more naturally and also avoid some of that temptation to want to overdo it. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, it's not enough just to have the keyword in there. So if you look at a, a listing that's performing really well, they're indexing for way more keywords than what's actually in the listing. And so if you are incorporating so many keywords that you're taking away from a customer's ability to read the the product page to understand the product, then you're going to impact your conversion rate and you're going to impact your um, performance in a negative way. And then that's going to actually tell Amazon, oh, maybe you're not relevant for that keyword. So you can actually have the opposite effect if you get too greedy with trying to add too many keywords into the bullets in particular. Yeah, I agree. Um, maybe you heard that a lot of sellers, me included, 
are keep discussing, should you put the brand names of the competitors into the search terms or you shouldn't? Because a lot of opinions there in between, if you put the brand name of your competitor to the search term, your listing will be suspended. I'm not saying to the front end, I'm saying about the back end. And some of the opinions is they're based on you don't have to put any brand names on your backend because your listing will be suspended. So like, what is, what's your opinion? What do you think about it? Should we add the brand names to make our, ourselves like be more searchable and more visible on Amazon pages, or we should avoid it as much as it possible? So I'm a big fan of playing by the rules because I think that even if it might slow you down a little bit, you are going to, you're like you're playing the long game. You know, if you're really trying to grow a brand and a business and grow an asset that has value to it, um, there are lots of shortcuts you might be able to take. And sometimes those shortcuts can be really attractive, but they do all come with a weighing of the risks that you might be taking. And from my understanding from, you know, obviously Amazon's rules are always a little bit confusing to interpret, but from my understanding, they really don't want you doing that. And so to play it safe, I, I'm of the opinion that it's better to leave them out. I know that that's a, that lots of people feel differently. And also lots of people are willing to kind of toe the line because they know that they'll probably be able to get away from it with it. But it, that's really a, a business calculation that you yeah. need to make. And if it's a risk you're comfortable taking. So guys, it's not just like one opinion forever. You have to manage expectations and you have to manage your risks. So if you decide to put the brand name, be careful. And from um, myself, I want to give you one tip. Sometimes uh, like main brands, they're matching the keywords. So for example, one of the skincare brand is Crepe Erase. They actually called themselves like that. But at the same time, it's one of the main keywords how women or like men are trying to search for the solution for their skin. So in this case, you cannot, we, we had this case with our customer. Uh, so in this case, you cannot use those keywords on your front end, but you can put it to the back end to your search terms because it's matching your search terms. And even if it's a brand name, it, your listing shouldn't be suspended because it's also the search term. So, and if you're using them like in one sentence, somehow in your front end, just split them, don't put them together. Sometimes it's like those tricks work. Yeah, they, there can be a lot of those brand names that are exactly like that. Like another that yeah. comes to mind is Moroccan oil, which is a hair, hair care products, but it's, it's all based around argan oil which is from Morocco. And so it is kind of one of those areas where if you get a little bit creative, you can still use some of those terms without uh, infringing upon their, um, you know, trademarked name. So you just want to be kind of taking it as a case by case basis. Yeah. Where well. you should use something like low concentrated or like less concentrated Moroccan oil, blah, 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 where it's like the part, part of your sentence, but not the part of just like the keyword that everybody will say and claim like, exactly. no, it's smart brain name. You cannot use it. Good. So now we have a description left. And the description right now uh, for most of the sellers who are, uh, for, who are filing the trademark, 
they can use the EBC content for their listings. So what's your opinion about the descriptions? Uh, how, like, what's the best way to put on uh, a listing and how we should play with the copywriting in between description and EBC content to make sure they're not uh, contradicting each other and at the same time, they're supporting each other's value? Yeah, great question. So I definitely think one of the easiest wins for a lot of people is they when they're just immediately brand registered, they think, okay, I don't need to create a product description, so I'm not going to waste my time doing that. And it's valuable space for SEO, but also in the event that, first of all, we know that Amazon is constantly changing. So even if it's not visible now, maybe it could be visible down the road. But also sometimes maybe there's an issue with your A-plus content. And so then you also have something that's able to stand there and, and hold the place in the event that your A-plus content isn't isn't visible. So I would say without a doubt, this is definitely a space to optimize and you don't want to just stuff it with a bunch of keywords because if it is visible to customers, then it's not going to look great for them to just see a string of keywords and nothing else. I know that again, some people that that's what they do and they, and they have success with that, but anything that could be visible to the customer my my opinion um, and and our approach that we take is to really make sure that that's something that you would be happy for a customer to see. Otherwise, it's sort of like you know if someone had a tear in their pants, like you, you then you're seeing their underwear, and that's not nobody that doesn't look professional. You want to make sure. it so that even if there is a rip, that you have something really elegant underneath that's going to look pulled together. And <laughs> <laughs> the other day, I was. Um interviewing uh, Vanessa Hung, uh, she, she gave a very good tip when like, if you have a space in your listing, you have to fill it out because it's an empty space. It's made for you to make sure your listing will be ranked and for you to also defend your listing from uh, hijackers and everybody else. So as long as you're building your listing, try to build it as like as much as you can and avoid the, any empty space. Yes, sometimes it's pretty um, time consuming, but this is why the professionals are there for, because like you don't have to create every single listing by yourself and Emma can help you anytime. Is, am I right? Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes, no, you're totally right. You, the uh, blank spaces are one of the easiest entry points for people to, um, you know, do things that could either hijack your listing or get you suspended. It's definitely um, can be a risky uh, sort of opening that you don't want to leave. And then kind of alongside of that is there is just so much opportunity. If Amazon is giving you the space to be able to describe your product, to be able to provide all of this information, a lot of those fields are not necessarily fields that you're needing to update all of the time. Or if they are, maybe they're things that you're just updating ever so slightly. And then you can really focus on making sure that your images are seasonal and relevant and your A plus content, but maybe leaving things like your product description and some of those other fields, you know, those are more static yeah. and not necessarily things that need to change all the time. Right. Uh, the last questions I want to, a question I want to ask you. So you probably heard about a lot of uh, artificial intelligence, uh, like uh, I think Jasper AI, 
they call uh, like the, the service that uh, help uh, that helps you to build the copywriting. And I think they invented re- recently their listing copywriting. And I was playing by myself a little bit, and I still think it's far away from being perfect. And a lot of people they want to save money to launch their first product, second product, and even like people who are selling for like seven, eight figures, they still try to um, sometimes make their listings cheaper and the production of the listings cheaper. What would be your recommendation to people if they are just trying to take the most competitive listing on a market and redo it? Like, you know, you can put the same text to the Jasper and Jasper will just redo this text for you and you will just make sure the keywords that you want to, uh, they are there. And then you're checking that this listing is unique and you're thinking, okay, I'm done. I'm good for now. So what would you recommend to people to use this approach or Yeah. So there are a few considerations that you want to take in mind. First of all, you need to make sure that your inputs are good. If your inputs are not good, then it's going to affect the quality of your output. So it's not going to think about, okay, what are the five most important points that I want to talk about? You need to figure those out if you are deciding to use one of these tools. Something that I would caution against is Google recently came out to say that they are, that the, um, Content created by Jasper is not in line with their terms of service and that it's not. Yeah. Really? So this is Google. Uh, And so I think that that's also something to really be mindful of in consideration for obviously Google and Amazon are different companies, but there could be, you know, all of this is really new territory. And so it's just something to be mindful of. Um, The other thing that you want to consider is there's, even though it's AI and it can create many different variations of things, it can only do so much and only bring so much creativity in. And so I think that you do run the risk of potentially having very similar content to, uh, to everybody out there. Now, if you have a budget, if you really just need to get something, or maybe you're even doing a test product, this could be a good kind of starting point. Um, I'm saying this not just because this is my field and what I do, but I do believe that your listing is a really, really integral part of building a successful business and making sure that you put the very best foot forward possible is going to make such a difference in how you perform online. And that's not just the copy and it's not just the SEO. It's also the creative and the design and how all of it looks visually. And so this is something that it does take time and an investment of resources to do well, but it is something that can pay off in so many different areas of your business. Obviously the most obvious being conversion rate, but you also have some less obvious things like making sure that you're getting more of the right customers and that um, you're not, you know, miss uh, leading people or, or doing anything that would be generating a lot of returns and unsatisfied customers. It's also a great tool for building brand loyalty, cross-promoting other products. So there's so much value that can be had in having a really great listing um, that, that, you know, I think the AI in the future could be more competitive, but I haven't been particularly 
impressed by anything that I've seen as something that um, would be part of a real long-term brand strategy. It can be a good, better than nothing strategy, but if you're really wanting to kind of see how far you can take your business, then a human still is going to be able to do a much better job in bringing the creativity and really being able to think of how everything works together in the branding and positioning and all of those elements that are kind of um, not yet part of what those algorithms are, are able to generate. I love it. And in Russian language, we say that, that the greedy person pays twice. So, and generally speaking, sometimes you're trying to do something by yourself, but how many times you actually, you cooked something right and tasty for everybody, not just for yourself from the first attempt without knowing recipe and proportions, right? So it's very hard to fix the problem. It's very easy not to have a problem. So try to prevent any type of mistakes. Yes, sometimes the listing up front and any launching launching of the product is expensive, but you are doing it because you're investing your money because you want to have a high quality listing because you have to have a high quality product because you're doing something to earn money. So if you want to earn money, if you want people to pay you, So you have to make sure you did everything right. And if you're not an expert to do the listing copywriting, please let Emma do that. If you are not an expert to do the product research, so welcome to Ritz Momentum. If you're not an expert to do the shipping, we can recommend you uh, like companies or you can find the companies who are doing it for years. But the thing is you cannot be greedy somewhere where mistakes might be super expensive because one wrong written listing might cost you a lot of money because of wrong keywords so no indexing because of using brand names and your listing will be suspended because of the empty fields and your listing will be hijacked yeah so, or even we didn't talk about it but what about using restricted words you know the the yeah, algorithms yeah. i don't think they're programmed with that at least to my knowledge and so you might you know it, it might write something that says the word toxic in it and yeah. you don't know that that's something that might be a problem and then yeah. now you're having to deal with all of that right. and what is also the cost of trying to fix that Yeah, a lot of uh, Amazon has a lot of stop keywords and an Amazon library when you you will try to find like what are the stop keywords and I'm not going to use them wrong. Amazon doesn't have all of them published. And this is like the main pain because sometimes you're like thinking, okay, I'm going to do it. Everything is groovy. I'm creating by myself or I have a copywriter who've been writing the books And this copywriter will write the listing for me on Amazon. What's what's hard about it? And then you will find out that some of the keywords, like, for example, keyword, the verb drink. Do you think you can use it or you cannot? In some occasions, you can. In some of them, you cannot. And your listing will be suspended. So it's a lot of tricks. And uh, Emma, tell me who is your ideal customer? Our ideal customer is someone that's really excited about growing a brand that they are not just trying to, you know, find a hot product and and sell it and and that's it, but they have a passion for really creating something that um that is going to help people live a better life in some way. And so that's really 
allowing them to also see the value that we're bringing to the table and appreciate the way that we're going to help them develop their brand voice and communicate their brand identity and develop a, a really great conversation with their ideal customer. So it's not just buy this product, it's awesome, but helping the customer understand like, yes, this is exactly what I've been looking for. I'm so excited for this to arrive at my door. Those are the kinds of, of uh, experiences that we get excited about helping brands create. Would you be happy if customers reach out to you just with one product or you're open for customers only with 10, 20, hundreds products at the same time? We work with clients of all sizes. So we work with huge companies that have multiple brands. And uh, we also work with people that are just starting off. That's why I, when I explain our ideal customer, it's really about having that desire to grow a brand because everybody has to start somewhere, right? And so if you understand this is an important part of your strategy, then we can help you uh, create that and then you know, you have one product and that does well, and then you have more products. And so hopefully we can be a long-term partner to really help you continue to refine and, and develop who you are uh, for the long term. So now you should expect a lot of Russian people, Russian speaking people, sorry, not Russian people, Russian speaking people, <laughs> people are speaking Russian now. It's very tricky. I cannot say just Russian people. Sure. So yeah, and a lot of Russian speaking people who will reach out to you asking like, Emma, can you please help us? So you have to be prepared that they will start knocking your door and asking you for help. So now you're expanding to the Russian speaking market. Welcome to our community. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. I I'm excited. We've worked with many different people from many different countries. And um, that's one of the beauties of email is it can also help us navigate sometimes language barriers that would be difficult Correct. to ma manage over the phone. So what really email do you what email social media like where are people supposed to reach out to you and where they have to actually place an order? Sure. So our website is marketingbyemma.com. And there you'll be able to find all of our contact details, whether you prefer WhatsApp or email or to fill out a contact form. We also offer a free listing analysis. So if you've heard the things that we're talking about and you're either not sure of if your listing is doing what it needs to be doing or you just want another opinion, we're always happy to take a look at your listing just as a, a free um, service that we provide to you without any expectations. Um, and then of course, if you would like our help actually implementing those changes, we're very happy to do that. You can find all of the details about uh, the different services that we offer along with prices on our website. We're really transparent about all of those things. Uh, and yeah, we're also just happy to answer questions or I love uh, it. Marketing is all marketing is always ahead. So you have everything presented. Uh, you have everything on your website. So people are already ready to go and book. And now they can double confirm what they just heard visually and then they can reach out to you i love it and i think this approach one of the best ones uh emma thank you so much for being here for sharing your knowledge you're the best i am happy to see you soon hopefully i think at least four or five events that are coming soon i will see you there i can't I wait yeah so of course we'll grab some drinks we'll have some fun 
will dance again. And guys, <laughs> always join when you'll see us around. Come and take a picture, handshake us, and we're happy to meet you in person. Amy, thank you. See you soon. Bye. Yeah.